Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode, we have a guest. It's my dad. (laughs) I brought him on to talk about time travel and theology. My dad is a retired Lutheran minister. Uh, That's right. I went into the family business, I like to say. And he's a smart guy and good to talk to. And time travel is something that we both love uh, to think about, but it also has some real interesting implications for our life of faith and how we think about God and how we think about God's activity in the world and in our lives. So it just seemed like a fun topic. I I wanted to try out this way as well to see if I could be bringing guests on from afar And I can, it seems like. That's an easy way to record the conversation. So expect more of these, uh, not just with my dad, but with other fabulous people that I know who are interesting and can talk uh, with clarity about some uh, important topics for our life of faith. This is a fun one just to start things off. Um, This is a conversation between the Reverend David Preisinger and myself, Pastor Nate, on theology and time travel. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for listening. I'm here with my dad all the way from Albany, New York, technically Glenville, New York. He is calling in um, probably from my childhood bedroom. Is that correct, Dad? That is correct. Yes. It is now my office. office. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you were glad to get rid of me. Well, anyways, uh, he's here and because he's you're, you're a Lutheran pastor. Actually, maybe the best thing we should say is that there was a period of time when you were the bishop of upstate New York, right? When the bishop was on sabbatical? That, I guess, is true. And I actually represented the bishop at a national assembly once. Yes. Wow. Look at, so I just wanted everyone to know, like, yeah, sure, it's my dad, but this is, this is a big get for the Together for Good podcast. I am um, now retired, however, doing little... You are retired and loving it. You're very well suited for retirement, I'm sure. Um, But I brought my dad on because we share a love of time travel and time travel stories. As far as I know, um, you, dad, like me, have never actually time traveled. However, it still captures our imagination and is something that we think and uh, talk about a lot. And we always kind of let one another know when there's a good book or movie out that deals with time travel. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Okay, you haven't time traveled. Good to know. But here's the interesting thing. Here's here's why we're going to talk about time travel is because time travel also uh, lends itself to theology in some pretty interesting ways. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, um, but that's kind of where we're going with it. That's why this has been set up the way that it has just something fun new for you to listen to. Uh, but first, Dad, why don't you just start by talking about why you like time travel? Well, it's... I think it's a fascination for me in looking at history, I guess it is, in the past and just imagining what it would be like to go back. And in books and stories, it's usually somebody's trying to go back in time to change something or change history and ends up most of the time they can't, but you learn some new things about what was going on in the past. And and I've often wondered, you know, gee, what would it be like to be there when that happened and actually Mm -hmm. And along with my 21st century um, understanding of things, um, I can do that. One of the, mm-hmm. right, I'm, I'm watching The Outlander, which is a, a series. Okay. And, and the fascination piece of that is this woman who goes back 
she goes back and she's kind of a doctor and she goes back to this the 200 years earlier in the 1700s uh, and and has a, some medicine along and it's helpful to use different kinds of things so some of that kind of fascination goes with it yeah and just thinking about if you knew what you know now how you could yeah live and move in those spaces that's definitely so growing up you loved the back to the future movies and you passed that love on to all of your children um those were a regularly showing cinematic experience in the pricinger household and what i always remember is watching it and in it right, he travels marty mcfly goes from 1985 back to 1955 and the, just something about like how charming 1955 is portrayed in the movie itself. And I always remember thinking like, gosh, dad was so lucky to get to grow up in 1955 because I knew that, that was right. You, you were just a little kid when all that was going on, but it always, you know, I, felt like I missed out on something. I recognize that. Well, and then the other thing in those movies was the, when they went to 2015, which is now come and gone, uh, and mm -hmm. what they were projecting it might be like. And it, <laughs> there were some things that were kind of interesting to see and others like, well, it'd be nice to have hoverboards, but who knows? Yeah. And, and I mean, certainly the, the travel forward, that was always my favorite of the three movies was the second one, I think just because it went to the future. And so that like captures your imagination in a totally different way, just looking forward to the to the future and what that will be like. Because when I was watching this growing up, 2015 still felt like it was a long ways away. I was just a kid and I was like, wow, in 2015, I'll be, I'll be like 30 years old. What's that gonna be like? And you know, it, it plays with your imagination in those ways too of what your you, own future. Did you like, like the movie because it was made during the year you were born? So, I mean, that's the beginning of time. So to speak. <laughs> that's absolutely part of my affection towards it is that it was always really easy for me to do the math and to think, you know, imagine myself because yeah, I was born in 85, right when that movie came out and when the movie set. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but the thing about it too, though, that, that those that trilogy in particular is they really deal with the ways that some little decisions and little actions can have big long-term you know huge effects and i really i feel like that's part of what i've as i was you know preparing for this conversation I, that was part of what i was thinking about too is that i like um the implications for my own life too uh, by watching these time travel stories where they really seem to continually underline the point that one small change could have a huge effect on your future. And for me personally, like it, it helps me find a lot of meaning and purpose in what I do every day. I feel like it's made me more intentional because I'm just like, no, like what I do today could really matter. You know, if I, if I make this decision today, the long-term effects could be exponentially huge. Uh, I just think there's something actually helpful about conceptualizing, you know, it, it makes the current moment actually more meaningful when you think about it in the context of time travel. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I got that. Yeah. Well, and I know also just, you know, if people are looking for time travel uh, media out there, I read earlier this year Stephen King's novel, 112263, and then I promptly bought a copy on Amazon and had it sent to your house, Dad. I know you also read through it and enjoyed it, correct? Correct, and I passed it on to your future brother-in-law. Hey, all right, that's awesome. Um, that's another time travel story where the whole premise is that this guy goes back in time uh, in order to prevent the JFK assassination because he's gotten info that if, you know, like that one event set off so much 
Um, and I don't want to spoil the book, but it's really interesting. Uh, again, just there's something fascinating about him. him just King, Stephen King does a good job, I think, of just describing a lot of the details of life in the late 60s um, or in the late 50s, actually. That's when he first arrives back in time and how that all works of just, you know, like I loved him talking about how good the root beer tasted and how the the cheeseburgers had more fat in them or something like that. <laughs> um, it's just like, yeah, we're, there's a lot that we've lost over the years. It's really important. Um, but any other, any other, just for our, for our loyal listeners who might want to really do a binge on uh, back, uh, time travel media, are there any other favorites um, from your repertoire, Dad? There was a TV series called Quantum Leap of course, yes. It was always playing during my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that was a guy going back in time as different people and reliving it. He kept bouncing back and forth. And, you know, there's time travel in Harry Potter in, in book three, I think it is. Yes, correct. Kind of fine. And, and then uh, Madeline Dangle's A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, good point. I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a really, and they do a lot of interesting stuff with the physics of it all and the Tesseract and yep, different dimensions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I would I would have to prep myself for how that all fit together and worked. But the, it's a neat, yeah, in, in Wrinkle in Time, if I remember, it's more of like a folding of time. Right, kind of like loops coming together and touching whatever. Yeah, it, it's an interesting way of describing how you can leap from place to place and pass on, on time but well and it's actually it's that that sense of folding time that i think that's a really good segue into our theological discussion on all of this mm -hmm. Be because the, in a lot of ways a folding of time is kind of what we talk about with our liturgy in a lot of ways is that you know, you, you might have heard mentioned some spiritual writers talk about thin spaces where heaven and earth kind of overlap. Um, and another way to put it is like that's where they're folded together, where the eternal God that exists in a way beyond time somehow comes close to a particular moment in time. And it's that tesseract idea, that folding of the timeline so that these two spaces can overlap or intersect if only for a moment. So I'm right. That's that's my first little segue into this idea of time travel and theology is that there's actually a lot that goes along with it. But I remember as we were as we were prepping for this episode, Dad, that you had some interesting thoughts on God being outside of time. And why don't you just say a little bit about that? Well, I've thought about time as kind of like the fourth dimension that limits us. And when we think about God, God has no limits. And, and, and even scripture says that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which is time reference. But God is part of all of that. So God, Jesus is part of time and the original time travelers. They're not limited by time. Um, and I guess one of the other things I thought about is, you know, the, the Gospel of John begins in the beginning was the word and the word was with the word was with God and the word was God kind of referring to Jesus, and if you want to think about it, then Jesus is the first time traveler in terms of he was back there in the beginning, but then he shows up at, you know, historically 2,000 years ago and, and, and will be there when time ends, when, when the world ends. Yeah. So it's just a new way to look at that. And, and I'm trying to remember the specific thing. The other thing is Jesus enters time. 
and enters time to be with us. Uh, that that whole, you know, yeah, incarnate, the incarnations. Well, and I don't think, you know, because because our whole life is constrained by time, like you are saying, it, it can be very hard to conceptualize these ideas. Um, but, but but we do talk about a God that is eternal, that that exists in a way that isn't limited by time, like you were like you were just referencing. And so that all, you know, we can kind of follow along with all that. But then, yeah, when you start to think about the what they call the incarnation, God becoming human in the person of Jesus, that's a real, you know, jumbling of some pretty complicated ideas. How does something that is eternal suddenly become constrained by time? Because Jesus was a, a living, breathing human being who, who had a birthday and who had a death date and who moved through time linearly for that 33 roughly year period. Um, yeah. And so to, to talk about Jesus as a time traveler in that way, I love that. <laughs> this yeah, Jesus went from a way that was eternal into a way that was temporal back into a way that's eternal. Again, it's really kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but there's a lot um, a lot to unpack with that. So, I mean, what do you think is beyond it being an interesting idea? I mean, what are some of the the specifics for how this like influences our life of faith with that? Well, I'm getting ready to preach this coming Sunday on, on the vine and the branches and, you know, abiding in Jesus and he abiding in us. And so the time component with the time travel, Jesus comes to abide with us, to be one of us. And we are with him as well. We abide in him. I mean, that's kind of complicated, yeah. but that's what we talk about with the sacraments. The sacraments connect us to Jesus. You know, through baptism, we're marked with the cross and we become part of Jesus and he becomes part of us. Holy communion, the body and blood literally become physically part of who we are. And so in a sense, that's leaping into time and 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 out of time by connecting ourselves with with Jesus. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, and it's it really links up with what we were talking about earlier of the the folding of time, too, of how these eternal promises from God somehow encounter us in a specific moment in time. When you take that communion, it is an encounter at a very specific moment, and yet it is somehow linked to an eternal promise and, and from a God that is eternal and exists out outside of time and space. Uh, again, so this is why we don't do, I hope you're not going to bring this up in your sermon because it is a little bit of heavy lifting for a sermon, <laughs> but, uh, but hopefully it makes for an interesting podcast because it is really, um, you, you know, if you think about it too hard, you start to get a headache. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not planning to do the time thing in the podcast. <laughs> it just came to me now as we're talking about. No, it's a great um, example though. It's a great example of, of that abiding, which, yeah. and, in, and in John's gospel, it just, it's not, you know, he, he brings up abiding all the time. Um, well, and the other piece that I wanted to at least talk about, there's, there's a fancy church word that I learned in seminary, and I, I paid a lot of money for that seminary degree, so I might as well use the words they taught me. Um, word is proleptic. And it's this idea, it shows up in theology, as you know, it's this idea that um, a lot of the promises of God, a lot of our, you know, life of faith happens right now, and not yet. And so you were the one that brought up communion. That's a place where we really hear that proleptic promise. We, we call, call it a foretaste of the feast to come. 
And so time kind of bends over for a moment and we encounter the eternal promises of God in that moment, but it's just a foretaste of what will be happening in the future. Um, and so, I mean, I just think that there's something really valuable about um, understanding that for our life of faith, where we can understand that, yes, something can be true for a moment and for right now, and yet we still have more on the horizon that we're hoping for, further completion of the promise. Already not yet, but you, you, I've, you know, you, you're saying that the proleptic kind of thing, and I mean that was part of the the prophets too. I mean it's already always yeah. talking that God's already here, but not yet fully fulfilled. And Jesus did that throughout his ministry. You know, God's here, but it's not already complete. So I, I think that already not yet component in terms of time travel. I guess I'm trying to get back to this. Um, if too many times we limit our faith to pie in the sky by and by, you know, it's what happens later on afterwards. But Jesus' message was God is here now. So coming into breaking into time is saying he's God is with us now. God will be with us in the time to come. And, you know, so we already but not yet fully fulfilled in terms of what we can look forward to. Yeah, and I don't know, do you ever bring up some of these ideas, like at a funeral or anything? I mean, obviously not as nitty gritty as what we're getting into here, but just in I do. Sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, say, say a little bit more about that. I have one illustration that I use regularly in a funeral. It's talking about, suppose you lived in a house, a big mansion with all kinds of fancy rooms and secret passageways and you had everything you wanted in that house it was just a wonderful place to be i don't know as a kid you may i used to dream about that and all these secret mm -hmm. passageways and you never needed to go outside the house and you'd look out the window and you'd see a world out there and say oh that sounds interesting but you know i'm happy here but until we die until we go through the door of death we'll never fully know what's out there because if you finally go outside, you'll discover that the world outside is even more fantastic than the house. And so in, in, in our death, we pass from the time limit to fully discover what God has in store for us. We just get a glimpse of it when we look through the picture window, but until we actually pass through that door of death, we will not fully know the wonders and the joys and all the things that God has for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really, that's a great illustration. And, and the piece too, is that, yeah, like you're glimpsing it through the window, like you're saying, and it looks really good. You know, th th those are the, the moments that w when we have those encounter those thin spaces, and I'm sure many of us have had experiences where we really sensed God's presence and it was a really good thing. Uh, but to also recognize that that's just a glimpse of it. That's just a moment of it. And there's, like you said, it's not until you pass through the door that you discover just how wonderful, exciting, um, joyful those promises actually are. Huh. That gives me a lot to think about. So what, with this too, the, the piece that I did want to mention, there is a great book um, that's really dense by a Lutheran theologian named Ted Peters. He taught at the seminary in California for a while. And it's called God, the World's Future. And it's a really, it, it, in it, he talks about, and I really love this particular, his phrasing of the time element of it. He says that um, 
God is already in the future waiting for us. And God is pulling us into that promised reality where heaven and earth are fully restored. That's where this whole creation universe ends up is with God reconciling everything back to God's self. But I love that idea of being pulled into this promised future. And so it has some of this, you know, like direction piece to it as well. It's not that like God is pushing us where we need to go, but rather God's kind of pulling us towards the final conclusion that's joyful and beautiful and full of hope, like you were just articulating. Yeah. Um, and that, that image has really stuck with me in a lot of ways. And, and again, it deals with this whole time conversation. What does it mean to say that God is eternal and already exists in the future? We can't, we can't ever make our way. We can't time travel to the future in a DeLorean like Marty McFly. We're just kind of, you know, moving our way day by day along, but knowing that God's already there in the future waiting for us. I was thinking about that. The, the passage that we used in worship this last week was Mark 16. Um, yeah, the resurrection story. Resurrection story, right. And, and in it, the angel says, you know, Jesus is not here. He's already in Galilee waiting for you. Go to him, you know, bring P Peter and the other disciples and go to Galilee. But it's that same idea of, yeah, Jesus is already there waiting. You know, the, the, the work has already been accomplished. The tomb is already empty. And Jesus is ahead of us, kind of waiting to welcome us into whatever comes next. I think there's a lot of real comfort in that. Um, image well, and understanding. it's proclaiming that the kingdom is here now also. I mean, it's already there, but you're not full. It goes back to that already not yet thing that we were talking about. Yes, that we do see the kingdom of God breaking in, in little and big ways in the moment. And yet the final conclusion of the kingdom of God breaking in will be so much bigger, grander. Yeah. Yeah. More, more complete and holistic than what we could ever imagine. Cool. Uh, good stuff, Dad. Wow, you still know your theology, even though you're retired. Look at you. <laughs> I'm glad I have you along to help, though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is fun. Uh, that, that's, I don't know if you had anything more that you wanted to say. I feel like that's a good kind of summarizing point on all of it. Uh, yeah, it's, time travel is fun. I just think it uh, really captures my imagination and gets my theological brain thinking, too, which is always a good thing. Well, and now the time travel, we go back to when you were eight or nine or whatever. That would be fun, too. <laughs> That's for a future episode. We can you can you can regale them with stories. Of yeah, exactly. As an, as an eight year old, <laughs> losing my mind on the basketball court because someone stole the ball from me. Or the same age as your as your youngest as Mimi and some of the three year old things. <laughs> uh yes yeah i'm sure i'm sure as a grandparent now you kind of get to time travel in your own way don't you just watching me raise kids and seeing some of the ways that my kids have some of my personality traits as a child exactly yeah uh, that's interesting that's interesting <laughs> well uh dad thanks for taking time out of your busy monday uh to join us <laughs> on the together yeah. for good podcast <laughs> it was great to have you we'll have to have you on again um, to Thanks. Go, it was fun. We'll find another topic that we can discuss. Uh, okay. And to you, the listeners, thank you for listening, for um, continuing to support this effort. Stay in peace, everyone.